If you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. And, and, and I want to talk to you tonight about this issue of confronting a giant uh, in your life. I want to talk to you about how, how to deal with, with, with a giant in your life. And, and we all have them. Uh, so a giant, and we'll look at this, but a giant is something in your life that, that gives you maybe fear. It kind of paralyzes you. It's something in your life that you think, you know what, it'll just like never go away. Uh, it's something that I just have to deal with. And so it, it may come in a relationship or, or in a way like it may come in, in through, through, through stress in marriage. It may come with relationships. It may come at the workplace, whether it's a boss that you're dealing with, a company that you're dealing with. It may come as far as dealing with children or, or any, any issues but it's that thing that can come in your life and so what, what do you do with that giant and so one of the things that I think the church is really bad at is a lot of times in churches we compare each other's giants and um, listen it your giant is a giant to you and so a lot of times when we get into comparing giants it, it's it can either make us feel like that we really don't have a giant in our life or, 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 that, or that we have a giant in our life that, that nobody else has ever dealt with. So if you, if you have a giant in your life, you don't need to be embarrassed by that. We, it, it's, it's a part of life. And so we're going to pick up a time in David's life. David is still a child or a teenager. He's tending sheep uh, for his father. He's already been anointed king, but it's going to be 20 years before he replaces King Saul. And, um, and so his dad comes to him and says, says, uh, says, David, I need you to go to the battlefield and I need you to deliver a package to your brothers. Now, listen, David's really excited about this because you have to be 20 years of age to serve in the army. And now David is getting to go to the, like, like the front lines. And so this, this is like a big deal to him. And so we, we just pick up the story and, and starting in verse 20, uh, Samuel, first uh, Samuel chapter 17 and and so we'll just pick up the story and we'll grab some principles as we go. And so, so starting in verse 20, <coughs> the scripture says, And so David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper, and he took the provisions and went. As Jesse, so in case you don't know, Jesse is David's dad, had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. As in Israel... And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. So now all of a sudden, David's there. He's in the midst of this. He's like, he's like witnessing this conflict, and, um, and, he, and he wants to be a part of it. He had to be captivated by that. It, it's it's kind of like, I don't know if you're like me, but if you see the police show up in the neighborhood, you know, I, I want to wander like down there, right? And I want to I see what is going on. Or if I pass by them, you know what? I'm one of those guys. I, I'm telling you, I'm one of those guys that are, are, are like looking. Uh, I'll tell you a real quick story. Probably won't tell this tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> that's why you come Saturday nights, right? And so, uh, so Pastor Chad and I, well, I don't know what happened to my voice then. Still going through puberty. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Pastor Chad and I are coming back from lunch, and the police down, down the street they like they have like long guns out and they're like zeroed in on the house and I'm like wonder what's going on and I'm saying hang on Chad this is when you circle the block and try to see on the backside and so <laughs> Chad's nervous I mean I mean and so we go around the back and we get to the back and they got like police officers laid out in the grass and they're aiming and so all of a sudden I know some of our I recognize some of our officers that go here and I kind of I kind of like wave and they're like they're like get out of here what are you what are you doing I'm like well Anyway, that had anyway. So that's David. <laughs> so verse twenty-two, and so and David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brother, 
and his brothers. So, so he, he's there, and then all of a sudden, Goliath like steps out onto the onto the the battlefield and he's screaming his usual defiance that he was doing day after day and and so the scripture tells us that Goliath is like over nine feet tall that's like taller than Shaq I mean I mean he is a big man and not only that with all the armor that he has on it makes him look even larger than than life it makes him look 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 larger than what he really is and so Goliath would like come out and stand and shout and he'd say things like Let, let's settle this one-on-one winner take all and he'd say say you know what you you bring out your best man and he will go against me and and if he defeats me then we'll be your slaves forever but if I defeat him then you'll be slaves to the Philistines forever he's like you cowards take me on so this is the first biblical reference that we have of WWF and and uh, like now you know where it came from and it's really a sport it's not entertainment I mean it is real and so like this stuff is going down like two times a day for like 40 days and Saul is like trying to someone trying to find someone to confront this giant I mean and, and here's the interesting thing Saul was the biggest man of the army he was the most athletic he was the most talented but Saul doesn't want to face this giant and so Saul wants to try to find someone else that will face this giant and so but none of the men would do it and so Saul turns to the men you read this for yourself later this is why you should read the Bible because there's some funny stuff in the Bible and so Saul turns to his men and says anyone that takes Goliath on and defeats him I will give him one of my daughters to 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 be to to be his wife and that really was no treasure um <laughs> David will find out later but anyway uh and so so none of the men none of the men took him up on there like we don't want any of your daughters and so uh <laughs> So, so Saul goes back to him and says, okay, so anyone that defeats Goliath, he says, you won't pay any taxes for life. And now people are getting kind of interested in that. Well, so, so David's hearing this whole thing go down. So verse 23, and as he talked with them, behold, the champion of the Philistines of Gath, of Gath, Goliath by name, came out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David, now David hears him. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. See, that's how you know that a giant has stepped onto the battlefield of your life. See, a lot of us, we can tell. And we can remember the day that, you know what? The giant in our life, it stepped out on the battlefield. It may come through a relationship. It may have come through a doctor's visit or doctor's report. It may have come by a phone call, a text message, an email, an organization change, a shift, or whatever. But a lot of us can remember, we can remember when our giant stepped on the battlefield. And see, when you look at this, you realize that the men, they had two responses. One, they wanted to ignore it. They wanted to get away from it. Or they just had fear. A giant is something in your life and my life that when it shows up, when, it, when it's on the battlefield, gives you great fear, almost paralyzes you to where you think, you know what, it could just never be defeated. I mean, in other words, fear is what was happening with, with Israel, and a giant will strike fear in your heart. And the, the reason we fear what we fear so many times is because we blow up the size of of our giant and we feel small in comparison and we compare the size of our giant to us instead of comparing the size of our giant to to God see that's what made David different see we, we forget a lot of times that we're, we're not in this battle alone David understood that David got that 
we forget a lot of times that, you know what, God has promised that God will fight for us. And so David learned, and we're going to look at this, David learned that God always goes for our, before us, and, and he will fight for us if, if we will we'll let him. See, I'm telling you, there are a lot of hidden treasures on the battlefield when you face your giant. When you face your giant, you get to see the size of your God. When you face your giant, you get to see for yourself the power of God instead of hiding from it, instead of running from it. So I want to give you a few things. I don't really know how many. It's, oh, it's over three. Uh, it's like four or five principles tonight. And so here's the first one. That if you're going to defeat your giants in your life, uh, th these are the things you've got to do. The first one is this. You've got to remember people who are defeated will try to discourage you. People, I'm telling you, people who, who will not confront the giants in their life, people who just try to uh, get through life, people who are discouraged, people who are bitter, will try to discourage you. Verse 26, and so David said to the man who stood by him, what shall be done for this man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest, eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. What is up with Eliab? Eliab, we learned last week, was the oldest brother. Traditionally, when a new king was anointed, it was always the oldest. He got passed by. God selected Eliab, uh, God selected David instead of Eliab. This wasn't even David's fault. I mean, in other words, Eliab was, was jealous. And for 49 days, he had like listened to Goliath taunt them and ridicule them and make fun of them. And now, here comes his little brother. He's like, why do you allow this? We, we follow the, like the living God. And Eliab's like, well, why did you even come down here? And I know your motive and what is wrong with you. And all you are is like you just tend a few sheep and, 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 and you're just in it for you. You know what Eliab's problem for resentment and bitterness. Resentment always leads to bitterness. See, resentment holds an offense or offenses like a sponge. Instead of letting them like roll off your back, in, in living in grace, when you carry resentment, when you carry unforgiveness, when you carry um, bitterness, you become like this sponge for offenses. Someone can just walk in the room, and you, if, if, you, if you have resentment for them, just how they walk in the room makes you mad. Just how they breathe makes you mad. Just how they, just how they talk makes you, just how they eat just makes, makes you mad. All David did was just show up. Resentment always leads to bitterness. I think I've used this, read this illustration before, but a few years back, many years back, I, uh, I was on Craigslist, and I was just looking for, I was just looking at the ads for motorcycles for sale. Not that I wanted one. I, I was just curious for a friend that if he was to buy a motorcycle, about how much would it cost? That's all it was. And so I come across this, 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 this ad. This is an actual ad. I'll leave out the phone number so nobody calls the number. But um, anyway, it, it, I'll read it. This is what it says. 
Motorcycle Suzuki GSX-R1000 costs $9,000. This bike is perfect, only 1,000 miles on it, and has had its 500-mile dealer service. I'm selling it because it was purchased without the proper consent of a loving wife. <laughs> Apparently, do whatever you want doesn't mean what I thought. Call Steve. You think that, you think that guy's bitter? Ain't that guy's carrying resentment? Listen, many, many times if you're around people that are carrying resentment or bitterness or discouraged, if you just entertain the idea of confronting a giant, taking care of it, why do you allow this? All of a sudden, they get angry. All of a sudden, they get mad. You, you think they're going to be supportive. And instead, they just kind of deride you. They just kind of make fun of you. They just kind of make fun of you. I mean, you really think you can take care of this giant? You really think you can deal with this? But see, David was like, he was tough. Verse 29, and so David said, what, what have I done now to his brother? What is it? Not but a word. And he turned away from him. It's so important. And he turned away from him towards another. And he spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before when the words that David spoke were heard. They repeated them before Saul, and he sent for them. Here's the interesting thing. David did not argue with Eliab. He did not fight with Eliab. You know what he did? He quietly turned his back to him to try to find people, someone that would support him. When you're in a battle, you, be, you better be very careful who you turn to. Not everybody will be able to support you. And listen, they may be good people and they may be good Christians, but they may have never been in that battle. They may have never been in that situation. They had never confronted a giant like the giant that's in your life. And I am just telling you, not everybody will be able to support you and encourage you. And you better be very careful who you bring into your circle, who you confide in, and who you ask for help. See, David got that. David understood that. David just understood, you know what, Eliab's not going to be able to help me in this. So you know what he did? He turned to try to develop a group that could help him. Verse 33 and so 32, and so David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with, the, with, the, with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. In other words, be very careful who you get support from. If, listen, if, if you face a giant, not everybody's going to encourage you. The second thing is this. If you're going to defeat a giant in your life, then you must understand that you must spend time faithfully and privately in preparation before God. I mean, when you just look at David's life, and you, you, you could read his story later, but you can understand how, David was, how, how God was preparing David for like this moment. Long, long before the showdown with, with, with Goliath, David had, had, had defended sheep on the, the, the hillsides of, of Bethlehem. And so he just explains to Saul, well, maybe you don't know my resume. Maybe, maybe you don't know how I'm experienced. And so verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against him, I, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and I, I killed him. David learned courage when nobody was around to see it. The lion and the bear in David's life, 
we're preparation for the next battle. We're preparation for the battle of Goliath. The, The battle that you're facing now, God's preparing you for the next battle. See, David got that. David understand that. You, you prepare for a battle by practicing consistency, by spiritual disciplines. and In other words, spending time with God faithfully and hearing from him and, and pouring over his instructions and reading scriptures and humble yourself in prayer and, because God desires to grow you up in private. Remember when Samuel anointed David? We looked at this last week, and the scripture says that the Spirit of the Lord came on David with power and would be with him forever. And so David was fearless because he understood who God was in his life. Verse 36, your servant has struck down both lions and bears and this uncircumcised Philistine. And, and so that's a, I mean, he, he is now talking down to like Goliath. Shall be like one of them for he has defended the armies of, of, of the living God. He has defiled the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. In other words, David said, you know what? I'm not pu- I know I'm young. And I know that I'm unmatched. But my confidence isn't in myself. It's in my Lord because I, I've learned God goes before me. God fights for me. God is by my side. And just as God has been faithful with battles that I've fought in the past, guess what? God's going to be faithful in this battle. And David said over and over, guess what? The Lord, the Lord is the one that's going to deliver me. In other words, David put his confidence in the Lord and not in self. And David said, you know what? It's, it's because of my faith in God. And David knew that God himself would show up in a crisis if he would trust him. That's the thing about a battle. That's the thing about facing a giant. If you never face a giant in your life, you'll never know that principle. If you never confront a giant and deal with a giant in your life, you will never truly see the power of God like you could and that God's going to show up. See, why is it so many times in life we we, we focus on our defeats in the past instead instead of seeing when God empowered us or delivered us in our past? I... Our confidence is built on past success with God. That, that, that's what David was doing. The fact is, this afternoon, I, 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 I was, I was watching, watching golf. And, and so if, if, you, if you know anything about golf, uh, Rory McIlroy right now is like he's in a slump and putting is like really hard. And so he's in a slump and he doesn't have a lot of confidence in, in putting. And so the announcers were talking about Rory and, and they were saying, you know, we, we watched him warm up. And even before warm-ups, he used five different putters. And that's uncommon in, for a professional golfer. And so he finally selected a putter, and, but he doesn't have a lot of confidence in it. And then the announcer, before Rory was going to make a, 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 like a three-foot putt, then the announcer said, you know, if you're, if you're over a, a three-foot putt, and what you remember is that the last time you had a three-foot putt and you missed it, you're not going to have confidence, and chances are you're going to miss it. But if you can remember when you stand over that putt and you can remember the last time you made a three-foot putt, then all of a sudden it builds confidence in the, and, and, and you're more likely to make the putt. And so the announcer just simply said that's Rory's problem, that Rory is struggling and he's losing confidence. See, David understood that. 
And David understood that I'm going to remember my successes. And I'm going to remember when God delivered me and God took care of me and God answered my prayers. In other words, people around David, people around David were saying, you know what? God or Goliath is so big, you can't defeat him. You know what David was saying? Goliath is so big, I can't miss him. I mean, who could miss him? With a giant that size, the third thing is, is this, is that if, if you're going to defeat your giants in your life, you've got to move towards your giant instead of running from it. Or you've got to move towards your giant instead of acting like, you know what, it doesn't even exist. That, 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 that was their problem, right? We read that verse, and, and they said that, that some ran from it, and others, it, it gave them fear. It paralyzed them. Uh, uh, 37b, this end of 37, verse 37, it says, and Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Listen, I'm telling you, if you want to address your problem that you're facing right now, if you want to address your giant that you're facing right now, then you must address it head on. David had a healthy disregard for the impossible, and I like that. He knew it was impossible. And for a lot of us, there, you know what, there's a lot of us because we don't like awkward conversations we don't like awkward situations. And there's a temptation to run and hide from a giant and, or try to deal with it indir indirectly. Listen, let me tell you something. If two people are coming to the table and one person's silent, that is not a healthy relationship. And you'll never walk through the issues, the, the table, a healthy relationship when two people are, are talking and voicing their concerns or their issues or their solutions or whatever. And I've learned in my life when, when there's a confrontation that needs to happen, you need to do it before the issues build up in it. Because if you'll confront earlier, it doesn't take as much emotion as you think it would. In other words, the quicker that you confront, the less emotion there is. When we let it build up and over time and then we try to confront, it gets emotional, right? You know, in, in Texas, we would say that if you, have a, if you have a frog to swallow, don't look it in the eyes very long. It's deep. Some of you are going to get it on your way home. Oh, I get it. The longer I look at the frog in the eyes, you know what? The longer I think, you know what? I'm not swallowing it. I'm not dealing with it. The longer you procrastinate, I'm telling you, you want to enlarge the size of your giant, just procrastinate. Just don't deal with it. And that giant is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. In other words, confront as soon as possible. If you, if you have a hard phone call to make, make it first thing in the morning. You had a hard email to, e make, to send, send it first thing in the morning. If you have someone that you need to confront or talk to, do it quickly. See, that's Eliab's problem. Eliab is still angry that he was not anointed king. It wasn't David's fault. God did that. And confront the giant, and you'll feel better about yourself instead of running and making excuses. The, the fourth thing is, is, is this. If you're going to defeat your giants, is this. Don't try to be someone else. Use your own strengths. Don't try to be someone else. Just use your own strengths. Verse 38. Then Saul clothed clothed with David with his armor he put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail and and David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not 
uh, tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. In other words, don't try to fight in someone else's armor. Learn to be yourself. David said, take it off. I, I can't move. I mean, he, he's like a teenager, and Saul's like a, a grown man, and, he's a, and he's a large, he was larger than any of the other men of their time. And David, see, David understood he was not Saul. Here's the crazy thing. Saul wasn't even willing to go to the battlefield, and he's telling him how to defeat Goliath. I just tell you, be very careful who you bring into your circle. Listen, there are a lot of people willing to give you advice about how to deal with your giant, and they are unwilling to deal with their giants in their life. They, they just want to tell you how to do it. And people who, people who destroy giants in their life don't do it trying to pretend to be someone else. We can help each other with the principles. We can help each other with the biblical principles. But when it comes down to it, we've got to be ourselves. We've got to live them out in our personality. So like David like choose, chooses five smooth stones, puts them in a pouch, and approaches Goliath. They, David didn't take his brother's bow. He didn't take uh, Saul's sword. Um, he, he was just good with a slingshot. He had experience. Now listen, in, in seminary, a lot of times in seminary, theologians sit around and they argue about stupid stuff. And so there's like this theological argument going on about why did David carry five stones in his pouch when he only needed one? Did he have lack of faith? Now, who really cares, right? But see, that's what theologians do. They just sit around, they argue about stuff that, you know what, nobody else like cares about. Here, here's why I think, and I think the text bears that out later, and we'll read it. I think because David was in it for the long haul. David knew it was going to be a fight. And he's like, you know what? If one doesn't do it, I'll use two. If two doesn't do it, I'll, I am not, listen, I am not quitting till it's defeated. I am in it. I am in it for the long haul. I am not going to give up quickly. And see, I think that's why David took five stones because he knew the battle was going to be tough. The fifth and the last thing, if you're going to defeat giants in your life, then you've got to understand, don't quit, stay the course. See, that's why I think David took five stones. You just don't quit. You just stay the course. You just... Verse 41, And the Philistines moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistines locked and saw David, he, dis he, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistines said to David, it's so funny, am I a dog that you would come to meet with me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the field. I mean, th this is where trash talking originated. It didn't come from T.O. or Charles Barkley or Michael Jordan. You know, this is where it started. We, we got the first biblical reference of WWF and trash talking all in one night. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of, of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This is the day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of, uh, 
And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spirit, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Six times David references the Lord. And David was letting him know, you know what, I, I don't come in my strength. I come in the strength of the Lord. And David was saying, I, and I have confidence. I have confidence in, in him. And then verse 48, he says, And when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to, the, to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the, the ground. And so he, David was an excellent marksman and he probably had a lot of practice. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and he struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. David was in it for the long haul. David wasn't going to stop until it was done. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they, they fled. David finished the job. I'm telling you, it, it takes courage. It takes courage to face a giant in your life. The easiest thing to do is to to run from it, try to handle it indirectly, not have the hard conversations that you have to have, whatever it is. It, it takes courage to finish the task. If you're facing a giant, if you're facing a challenge right now, my encouragement to you is and don't quit. I mean, Scripture tells us all over tells us over and over in scripture that don't give up that God will reward you in the perfect time if if we don't get discouraged and if we don't give up Listen, a person a person does not stay defeated because of something that has happened to them but because of something within them. As a believer, you don't have to live a defeated life. In my encouragement to you tonight, regardless of the issue, the challenge, the giant that you're facing right now, don't quit. And I'm concerned that I'm talking to some people who have been dealing with a giant for so long in their life that you've lost heart. You've given up. You've decided that that giant is just going to wreak havoc in my life. And I'm never going to be able to get rid of it. I'm never going to be able to defeat it. I'm never going to be able to live in freedom. And God wants you to know that he goes before you and he fights alongside of you 
and that really and truly the battle is his if you will allow him to fight it.